Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network, and let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. Starting with our first clip here, following up Halloween, we officially have entered holiday season, so Sheck wanted to ask Sarah Tiana and special guest comedian Mark Ellis, what is their scroogiest sports opinion on Extra Points? Sarah Tiana's first volley for Scrooge's sports opinion? Well, so like, I, I, I know that I think popular answers would be, you know, the college football playoff, or, you know, the baseball playoffs, but I don't think those are Scroogey because a lot of Everybody people hate agrees. those. Right. Everybody agrees. I think you gotta talk, you, you know, the point here, here's my first one. I don't like two weeks off before the Super Bowl. I don't like it. Ooh. Super Bowl, like playoffs and that whole week, all week leading up to the Super Bowl, you got one week to prepare. We play the Pro Bowl, whatever flag football game we're playing that week, NFL honor, everything. Nobody gets two weeks. Off. We don't need two weeks off from football. Give me my football at the end. Let's keep going. Okay. That's, I, I like where your head's at. I'll pick up there, Sarah, and say go all the way across the desert uh, without football and arrive in September. And we're so desperate. We're we're starving. We haven't had a morsel of food in forever. And then the NFL is like, here are some massively important games in week one to start the four and a half months. Like, don't play divisional games in week one. It's even worse in college football. But what are we doing? Why are we, these massive? Mm-hmm. Don't give, give me any. Let every. Yeah. Play. Especially when. Yeah. Especially when nobody plays the preseason. Yeah. Especially when nobody plays the preseason, you know. We don't need good games. Just get like we we don't need lobster. Just <laughs> just, need- just give us a cracker, a salt. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Lions Chiefs was such a fun opener, and that was even yeah. like just, just thinking about that matchup that whole week. We were all kind of salivating for what this could be, and maybe you make every opening day game for a team interconference and you just have you know an nfc team plays an afc team afc nfc and it's just sort of a feeling out process because what's going to happen are we not going to watch are we going to be like oh these games suck so we haven't had football in six months let's wait another week no of course we're going to watch so (laughs) i like this idea particularly because um a lot of times my team has to open with like philly and it's just basically 0-1 on the schedule and i could use a break from that 
Yeah, it's like something dark in your past that you thought you'd overcome. Like in the social media age, somebody digs up a tweet from, you know, 2011 and it burns you. It's like the same thing. It's like December, we might win the division. Oh, remember way back in the first week of September, that loss? Yeah, that still is out there. It still counts. Um, Mark, how say you? We, you have a, uh, a Scroogey opinion for us? I do. I have, uh, this is my scroogiest opinion. And look, all the college kids are going to come for me because just as a 43 year old man, I feel like I'm an actual Scrooge telling kids what to do and what not to do. Stop storming the field. Stop storming the court. It's dangerous. It's stupid. It's not memorable anymore. It, it, you're, you're basically dragging a goalpost into a lake. Guess who pays for that? Us, the taxpayers, the adults in the city have to pay for that goalpost to get out of the lake and back onto the field. I can't stand kids anyway. And the fact that they run on there because like you just lost a heartbreaking game as a player. And now you're like, Oh, well, I guess I'll go congratulate. Oh no, wait, I'm being mobbed by tens of thousands of drunk losers who are running on there when they should be studying for their economics exam. Do not allow this like wear security. And it's like, well, I, I I'm wearing the, the shirt, but I guess there's too many kids. I can't stop them. Do not allow this to keep happening. Cause honestly, I do think somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get killed somebody's get trampled and then i have to sit through coverage of it with tom rinaldi or whoever doing some flowery piece about remembering this person <laughs> i got to deal with that crap for the next week i don't want to deal with it the the program the program got sideways with the death of uh, yeah that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're right that's a great call for our future selves we don't want to have to endure that pregame yeah uh, sacker or not saccharine but uh, dark little story. that's that's a great call that's I like a that. good one my main I, my main okay. concern when you're storming the field it's fun to storm the field i think i've done it uh when i was in school in the annual oh I, I did it too i stormed the court when wake beat uh kansas but uh, you know the mistake. <laughs> as i say not as i do all right let me blow through mine real quick here because i want to hear what you got going mark America's team, I bellyached about this forever because the Dallas Cowboys raised their hand and said, we'll be America's team. And NFL Films was like, okay. And then off they run with that for decades on end. And everybody just kind of accepts it. Fat. It should be a moving award, first of all. It's, it, you know, <laughs> if the ESPYs is going to honor everything else, it should be like, who's America's team this year? Or you do it at the start, like January 1, we all submit our ballots, American Idol style, and we decide who's America's <laughs> team this year. Dallas Cowboys just don't get to claim it. I mean, what the, it's outrageous stuff. I don't like that. Two, Thanksgiving, speaking of the Cowboys. I get it again. The Lions and Cowboys are like, we'd like to play on Thanksgiving. And they said, <laughs> we'll do it. And they said, okay, those games are yours forever. Everything moves for money. Why are we stuck with the Lions mm -hmm. every year? The Cowboys are generally okay, but... Why do we have to suffer through the Detroit Lions? That's your thing, Motor City. You made your bed with that team. Why the rest of us have to suffer through that? I don't know. I'm over the outdoor hockey game on January 1st. Love puck. Wow. It's an wow. enjoyable aesthetic to look at. But from everyone who's ever attended one of those, everybody says the viewing experience sucks. The quality of the game always sucks because the ice is terrible. And it's where Sidney Crosby took a mid-prime concussion that really derailed his career from being mm -hmm. even higher up in the all-time right, rankings. Right. You mentioned preseason. Well, I, I think some people like preseason polls in college football. I hate them because, of course, part of the human condition is confirmation bias. And so, of course, if you have Georgia number one, even if they struggle to get past Missouri, 
and beat them by four points. You're like, well, I had them at number one. Now they have to stay there. Even worse, Alabama loses a game and you're like, yeah, but we all know. Yeah, keep, keep them there. Keep them there. Yeah. It's the equivalent right. of like the Niners and Cowboys in the early 90s playing in the NFC title game. And we know they're the two best teams. And then one loses. It's like, well, now you got to go play the San Diego Chargers for the Lombardi Trophy. Like, nah, <laughs> come on. We know the Cowboys are better than the Chargers. Just send them to the Super Bowl. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. not the way the world works. And you mentioned Super Sunday. It should be a Super Saturday. That's my little list. There. I could go on and on. Oh, also, March Madness is overrated. It's fun to watch. It's a great, it's a great viewing experience. It's a poor way of determining who the best team in the land is. Mark Ellis, I'll see you. Okay. Wow, just handing me that hot potato. Shots fired. Yeah, right. Just going after my heart with March Madness. Those three weeks. I, I mean, love it. It, it. It's what we football fans need because if we can just get to March, yeah. like the Super Bowl's over, we can just get to March and have some excitement with college basketball. Maybe our team's in it. I'm actually going to take a page out of college basketball's book because I prefer that watching on TV or in person better than the NBA for this one reason. And this is my next Scrooge point. And it's a weird Scrooge point because I'm actually going against my fellow billionaires here. Get rid of the courtside seats. I am so oh. done with with billionaires and millionaires, half of whom could not defend themselves if, God forbid, a player leaps in to dive after a ball. Uh, the thing that bugs me the most about these people is if you want to keep courtside seats, fine. But the one time you have a courtside seat and you're late to the game, you are never allowed to sit courtside ever again. If halftime <laughs> is over and it's the start of the third quarter and those lazy bums are still walking and they don't even care to wait until the action's on the other side of the court to walk in and find their seats. God forbid the players get interfered with. I'm going to walk with my nachos and my beer and sit right down in the middle of this action. The privilege is too tough to watch for me. I cannot do courtside seats. You want to keep them fine, but the minute you act up with those courtside seats, you're never allowed to sit in one again. I love, love it. it. That's good. That's a good one. With the Texas Rangers winning their first ever World Series versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, Toby Mergler is joined by Jen Piacenti on Trendy, and they talk about the MLB offseason and what will the top contending teams do to fix their postseason failures. I actually want to talk a little bit about the baseball offseason. I know everybody wants to rush to do this after the World Series is over, but I'm beating it. I'm like the guys leaving the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. I'm actually going to talk about before the season ends because I don't have you next week. So my question for you, Jen, as our resident baseball expert here at the Extra Points Podcast Network, is what are your takeaways from this season and the postseason that you think will affect the offseason? So do you think that there's lessons to be learned from the the expanded baseball playoffs and like not having buys and how that might affect team construction? Do you think there's anything to be learned from the pits clock and the, um, the increase in stolen bases and how that might affect team construction? What do you think we'll actually see in the offseason based on what we learned this year? Well, I think we've learned a few things with the playoff structure, and that is that it really is about who gets hot at the right time. And so teams need to plan a little bit more for their postseason. And I think what we might see more of is more acquisitions, uh, you know, at the trade deadline for people that can give them a second half run, understanding that they're going to need so much more depth and options for who is hot going into the rest of the season. Uh, The pitch clock has been great for the sport. I think it's gotten people really involved, really interested. However, it has not been great for certain pitchers. For Mm. instance, Alec Manoa, 
Framber Valdez, people that we had really high hopes for, they don't do well. Just the way that they're made, the way that their bodies are, the way that they think it's really affecting them. So I think it's going to be interesting to start to evaluate, okay, these pitchers that were previously good, maybe they aren't with the pitch clock. And as we evaluate talent going on, we're going to have to train them and understand, can they keep up this pace and how will they hold up to injury as well with, with this pitch clock? It yeah, seems so, like they were, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I didn't mean to cut you off whatsoever. That was rude say, It seems like there were a lot of injuries this year and people that struggled with it, but that could just be anecdotal and something that yeah. we feel like, like how we feel like, um, there's so many injuries this year in the NFL, but probably there aren't any more than there have been in previous years. Do you think we'll see a record offseason? What I mean by that is like if we're going to play this new version of baseball that has so many teams making it to the postseason and like one and two seasons just going out immediately and 100 win teams combining for like one postseason victory, are we going to see 20 to 25 teams that say, why not us? If we could just get that seven seed, can we make a run? And therefore, if create a more competitive marketplace, right? So if there's 22 teams that think they have an actual shot to win the title, just because they get hot at the right moment, are they going to spend that extra 10 million? Are they going to spend that extra 20 million, whatever it might be? And as a result, then player salaries are going to be higher than we expect. And there'll be a hotter market for like mid-level players and not just the top of the market, like the Otanis. Yes, I think that is very likely because first of all, you're, uh, you're appealing to a wider audience if you have more teams in the playoffs. That's what they were intending, right? So every team is going to say, all I have to do is get to the playoffs. I just have to grab a second wild card. That's all I have to do. And then hope we get hot. And if we just get to the playoffs, we're going to get so many more eyes on our team and it's worth it because we can say we were a playoff team. Um, and f- as we've noted, both teams in the World Series were wildcard teams. However, it's also worth noting this is one of the least viewed World Series of all time. Yeah, so MLB does need to kind of review, is this the right strategy or what can we do to tweak it? Yeah, I mean, I had, took my kids out trick-or-treating last night and I walked into yeah. a, a parent's house at the very end of it. And I looked up and it was 10-0 Rangers. And I was like, oh, okay, I missed nothing. Like I, I, there's nothing dramatic here. Uh, Obviously there was a ton of runs. I don't care. I missed the first three innings and now I have no incentive to watch the last six innings. Like what? And I'm about as big a sports fan as there is. So like, who's watching this? I turned it off. I literally was like, well, Toby won that bed. I'm going to have to eat crow (laughs) on Wednesday because that's two in a row that the Rangers covered the run line when I said, I don't bet run lines. Um, So, and then, then they rallied and it ended up 11 to seven, which is kind of fun. It showed a little spunk, but it's just, I hate to say it, but it's not a popular, I said this on a a podcast and one of the listeners was like, how dare you say we're not a major market team? And I'm like, well, because you're not. Sorry. No, I mean, the ratings don't lie in some regard. So do you think the Dodgers and the Braves and teams like that will do anything different in response to this? Like, are the Dodgers going to go spend, you know, 500 million on Otani or whatever they might do to what? Go from 103 wins to 106 wins, but still have to deal with the same rhythm of the postseason. Right. They don't need to. I think that's what it's taught us is that you don't necessarily need that major start. Again, all you have to do is be good enough to get to the playoffs and then kind of the clock really starts over. And it's always been that way to an extent, but it seems even more extreme. If you're going to go get a player like Shohei Otani, then you're doing it just because you want to sell tickets and you want to make money, not because you really think that's improving your team with this new strategy. So as far as like 
money and business of the team making money. Yeah, I think there still will be some star name acquisitions because more people are watching baseball and you want to say, oh, but we're the team that has the modern Babe Ruth or we're the team that has a, you know, a Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or blah, whoever it is. The new star Kyle Tucker could be someone that gets a big contract in the offseason. But, you know, I think that the thing we need to learn Every year we need to keep in mind is just pitching depth, pitching depth. It comes yeah. down to pitching depth. You can always get a hitter. There are hitters out there. Pitchers, you know, with this pitch clock, it's trickier. We've seen bullpens blow up. We've seen you just you need the depth. And all season long, the Dodgers didn't have great pitching depth, even though they continued to win. So if I were the Dodgers, I would just get the pitching depth. I think it will also be really interesting because you brought up like uh, a tactic of just waiting for the trade deadline and making your move there because all that matters is just getting in in the seventh seed and then making it to the to the postseason any way you can and obviously just anything that can happen at that point. But does that mean there will be fewer sellers at the deadline as well, right? Like if 20, 25 teams are within, you know, five games in July of that uh, postseason slots, like – who's going to be left it'll be just be the bottom dwellers that are selling off the pieces they have so i like the whole thing i think i think sports are naturally a copycat situation like you see something that works you follow it then something else comes along that changes the way you think and then you follow that instead but if the lessons that we have learned is that anybody could win this thing i think we're going to see a lot of players get paid in the offseason i think we're going to see even less people pay attention to regular season major league baseball and i think it's really going to affect the sport so i hope i'm wrong i was hoping you were going to tell me i was wrong but that's the way i see it i think that's right and i think that all the uh efforts they made to have people watch regular season baseball, they kind of just took two steps forward and, you know, then took three steps back with the world yeah. series because the old and the ultimate prize is this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it went from the most popular sport in America uh, however many years ago, obviously the NFL is far usurped now, but it's just down this downward trajectory where it's just, it's going to end up like hockey. It's going to be something that diehards love and it's going to be regionally based and it's just not going to have the attention that it's ever had. And maybe that's okay. Uh, but they're certainly not doing any favors to themselves to fight against the current of that inevitable conclusion. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sticking with Toby and Jen on Trendy and the MLB theme, with this World Series being one of the least watched ever, should there be a change made to the MLB playoff format? But you said something on our airwaves that I, I took issue with, and I want to dive into a little bit because Eddie called me out by name. Talking about the baseball playoff format. I know baseball is your true ah. love. That's how you entered into this. And mm-hmm. you said that there should not be seven game series. And I think I think Eddie misrepresented my position just slightly. So I wanted oh, okay. to clear the record up and see what you think. I think there should be fewer teams and then all seven game series. Because it doesn't make any sense to me to play 162 regular season games, have so many people make the playoffs, because you have this giant sample size, right? Like the biggest sample size in all the sports. And we can't take the biggest sample size of all sports and determine who the best couple of teams are. Then what they lower the sample size. Let's like lean into the randomization. And so if we're going to play that many games, having teams get eliminated in one game or three games just doesn't feel right to me. Like the ratio in football makes sense, right? You play 17 regular season games. You could be out in one and basketball. Uh, you play 82. You could be out in seven to play 162 and then be out in one and three. That's what's wrong to me. So I'm not saying play 10 rounds of seven games. I'm saying let's have four teams and then play nothing but seven game series on both sides. I don't mean four teams over on the league. I don't want to go back to the 1940s. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does make a lot more sense. He did misrepresent you. <laughs> That's like, we're going to have endless baseball playoffs. We cannot do that. Um, I still like the wild card team a little bit though. Um, I like the idea of that. I don't like the idea of the second wildcard team. I agree. 
Um, and I don't like the idea of a one game wild card, play, card playoff. I agree because you got 162 game sample size, as you said. Um, the ALDS is five games, though, and I'm I'm kind of okay with that. Like I don't have a, a major issue with that. And I agree that the ALCS and the World Series need to remain seven series, uh, seven game series. I think there is a major issue with the baseball playoffs. Obviously, I mean you have the 100 win teams that can't advance at all, and then you have God bless you. Arizona Diamondbacks, and I've got a lot of thoughts about you and how I think you actually might be the 2019 Washington Nationals, because that's how this feels hey, right now. Hey, um, my team. I was there. I mean, you remember that team, right? They they of caught course. fire at the right time. And you look at it on paper, and there's no reason they should win. You look at the Diamondbacks on paper, and, and compared even to the Texas Rangers, there's no reason they should win. But they just have this vibe, and it feels like that Washington Nationals 2019 vibe, and baseball is so streaky. So, like, at the same time that you you have 162 games to, like, aggregate all your data and look and say, okay, you know, on average, this, 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 which is why all the nerds get into it. Then it gets down to the playoffs, and it's so much about streaks. So, for that reason, I'm, I'm with you on the seven games. I, I totally get that. So, we need to figure out a way to – rebuild these playoffs and I don't really know what the solution is because I I do kind of like that wild card team I don't like the second wild card team I don't like this weird buy thing because the buy screws it up for teams because again baseball's a game of rhythm and yeah if you just stop playing for five to seven days depending on how long that's tough even on 100 win teams and it happened to be advantageous to Houston because they were injured. So they had time to yeah. get healthy. They're the only team that did well with the buy. Yeah. The, the buys are a big problem. And so that's the other thing that it, I know you don't like the one game wild card. If you want to have two wild card teams and have them play one, one game playoff to get into the four and, and then you go into it, like I can get behind that. But if you start allowing them to play two out of three, unless they're playing a double header, uh, then the buy starts kicking in again, right? right? Like every division winner starts to get hurt because the wild card round goes on too long. And so I think it either has to be a one game playoff or just go on the way, like shorten the regular season pretty substantially and then, and then invite uh, 16 teams into the playoffs, like go the hockey model. If you're going to do it at that point, yeah. then there are no buys Which and you can, I, everybody can stay in rhythm. And so like, right. and, and like the reason to not do that, Jen, I'm guessing is just traditionalists. Like people love their stats and they love their counting stats and all those sorts of things. But like we messed with the traditional uh, rhythm of baseball this year with a lot of those rule changes and they're almost universally praised except for like the greatest of, of commandments. So let's, let's go all the way here. Let's see. Let's either like make this like the 162 games really, truly matter and then get your sample size in the playoffs to try to find the best team. Or let's cut the regular season down to 120 games or whatever it might be. And then invite like an extra playoff round in and make your money back that way. What about we get rid of divisions? Okay, now I'm listening. And forget this BS of like, oh, well, the Twins won their division. Yeah, but they're not as good as the Rangers, the Mariners, and the Astros, who all happen to be in the same division, or the Orioles, you know, Jays, whatever. Maybe we get rid of divisions and we just go by best record, period. Yeah. Well, I, th I just, I think they're in the worst of the worlds right now for the playoffs, and they can find a way out I think by. So too. 
by expanding or shortening. If they expand, they need to cut the regular season. So I don't think they will, but like they've now found themselves typical to baseball in like the one place where they shouldn't be. And that, that threatens all the good vibes they built because like the piss clock created more momentum in baseball than there's been, I don't know, in 20 years. Uh, with with casual fans coming back in to watch it and enjoying the half hour shorter games, and then they roll out this postseason, which has been incredibly unsatisfying. Well, you're getting plenty so. of casual fans added in the postseason because nobody is really fans of the Rangers in the Diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys out there, but you know, sorry. What they really what what baseball wants for ratings is the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, even Houston. Uh, you know, because they're villains and that gets people excited but like dallas and phoenix populated cities but they do not have strong fan bases that spend a lot of money hopefully this this will help but uh yeah i think we are picking up a few bandwagon and casual fans with this world series which which could be a good one yeah look maybe but you're also losing like people who i usually would care like me like i'll admit it i have three daughters and they had a bunch of friends i took them to the taylor swift movie on saturday night rather than watching the world series so i scored uh points with my family lost points with baseball but if it had been you know the dodgers or the red sox or the yankees i probably wouldn't have done that so like I would have watched it. And so like, that's just one man's situation, but that's what happened. And I've had Stephen Taylor. You're not excited about staying home and watching Tommy Pham and Pedormo. I mean, I mean, like you're not, you're not home excited about Leody Tavares. Come on. I'm I'm not. These are marquee names. Although if I'd watched those marquee names, I wouldn't have had the Taylor Swift songs running through my head for the last two days. And they will not leave. Is there a cure for that? Is there any way to get the earworms? For like, because it's like, if you listen to like 20 minutes of Taylor Swift, it's like you could recover from it. Sitting in a movie theater for three hours as a non-fan and being blasted with that stuff, how do I get rid of it? Can you imagine what Travis Kelsey must be going through? I mean, he probably already has CTE and now he's got this, like, <laughs> grating his brain. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, apparently he's a Swifty. So you have uh, to get a new tune. You have to get a new tune in your ear. And fortunately, that's the only thing that will do it. And then eventually it will fade. But like right. when I did Gilbert and Sullivan, which I did a lot of, I mean, I've had, I can, I can still sing to you like every note and every word of the Pirates of Penzance. And once I do that, it will be in my head for three weeks. Okay, guys. So you heard it here. We're going to take a break. And then Jen's going to come back and sing Pirates and Penzance for me to get Taylor Swift out of my head. I guess teams still do want James Harden. The Philadelphia 76ers managed to find a trade partner, sending him off to the Los Angeles Clippers. And while Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels usually weigh on football, they had to do their basketball corner after this trade. We didn't even get to James Harden this week. Congratulations to you. (laughs) I woke up this morning, and all of a sudden, the wrong league was making trades. It's the NFL trade line dead today, (laughs) Daryl Morey. Look at the NBA trying to steal headlines. Quickly on James Harden. And I think it makes sense for the Clippers, seeing that they don't have anybody to move the ball. I think the highest person who moved had uh with the highest assist man on the Clippers was five assists a game. Harden led the league last year. So that should be helpful. Ultimately, getting the two first round picks for Philly matter more than all the players that they got because they're going to use those picks to trade for like Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or some other disgruntled high volume scorer in -hmm. another market and then so there you have it but ultimately for the clippers congratulations 
Spanish. You know the funny part about this is, and we're out here in LA. You know, the Lakers obviously is a Laker town, but the Clippers actually should be the home team because they have four hometown kids on the same team. Kawhi's from the area, Paul George, Westbrook, and now James Harden. <laughs> the thing about Paul George being, but Paul George, I would have said he was from Southern California or like from LA before I moved to LA. Like, there's yeah, nobody who lives where Paul George is from yeah, who Palmdale. drives to Anglewood to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, he, he's still from Southern California. <laughs> Southern California, there yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's the NBA corner. Does it make sense for the Patriots to trade away Bill Belichick and restart from scratch? Dave Damashek had to ask Patriots fan Kevin Hench during minus three. I also, Bill Belichick, quick shout out, these rumors that the Patriots are going to trade him. I'm curious how you think about this, Hench. I ja- I, I like to jag around with the Patriots fans, as, as you may have noticed. Um, I think it's deeply funny what's going on with, uh, with Patriots Nation right now as they try to make sense. The ongoing thing is that Bill Belichick uh, and the hierarchy of great Super Bowl era coaches has, has zero a coaching tree. It's really weird. I mean, look at Bill Walsh and Bill Parcells and Chuck Knoll and Don Chula and Tom. Lane. It's so strange. And people are very angry with me for pointing out that what really not my goat this week, but the goat to me is, as you look back at this, like the big winner is Tom Brady. Clearly he was everything, you know, that's, that's the explanation for ever, for why you want all those Super Bowls. Patriots fans getting upset with me for pointing that out. I'm not sure exactly why. Hench, how say you on that? Uh, well, obviously, there have been a lot of flops. Uh, I will say Vrabel seems like a, a, a very that's not That doesn't count. He didn't coach with Belichick. Well, he just played on. under him. He, okay. But he, you le- he learned under him. Um, you know, I, I find the, was it Brady, was it Belichick? discussion completely moronic like I why I, like, why don't you like, care you don't care you don't want to give credit where know. it's due you know we just you know uh, my 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 nine-year-old has has divided all her candy uh she's got a she's got a she's got shelves with themes and it's like i don't know is it the chocolate or the peanut butter like in the Reese's like oh, i don't like Belichick is it was a, a defensive mastermind Brady's an offensive mastermind why do you have to pick one of those guys? I don't know, because Brady went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl immediately in his first season, whereas Belichick has, you know, been exposed there. By the way, right. shout Brady's, out. So Brady goes to Tampa Bay and he wins a Super Bowl yeah. with a game-wrecking defense that he has nothing to do with that that whooped Mahomes. Like, I, like what? Like So, yeah, Brady takes care of his side of the ball. And and Belichick takes okay. So you want to stay with Belichick then? That's the, that's the plan in twenty twenty four. You think that's a good a good thought? Is you a Let's Patriots say, supporter? I won't I won't part with Bill Belichick unless somebody offers us a seventh round draft pick. For <laughs> All right, you're tough but fair and loyal. That much is clear. And let's stop down for a quick break here. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Will Levis stormed on the scene with four touchdowns in his rookie debut for the Titans. But will this success continue? Myself and Jen Piacente get into the Titans quarterback during waiver wired. Will Levis is the newest QB to enter the conversation. Speaking of throwing to your best receiver, <laughs> at least he gets that. Mm-hmm. D-Hop, hello. I missed you. I'm taking the over on his receiving prop Thursday. We'll talk about this in a few minutes. Do I completely buy into Will Levis? No. I mean, there's always that little bit of beginner's luck. Remember what Mike White? Mike White came oh, out yeah, and we were like, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, but at least Will Levis gives a little bit more of a threat to also open things up for Derrick Henry, who also ran for over 100 yards versus mm-hmm. Atlanta on Sunday. So I like in general what this is doing for the Titans offense though it looked like they were sellers trading bayard um maybe they're still possibly in this and if they can have performances from levis that are you know decent i mean let's face it he was the top scoring quarterback on sunday oh yeah single game sample size but this matchup with pittsburgh isn't bad it's not bad it's actually pretty good for him and it's suddenly making deandre hopkins shares exciting again I love D Hop's tweet. They were like, "Oh, this this looks like vintage D Hop," and he wrote like he quote tweeted and he was like, "Current D Hop or whatever." Um, yeah, I mean they've they, obviously they've been going through issues with different quarterbacks, and they you have the Tannehill, and then they you do the uh, Malik Willis experiment. When you go and draft Will Levis after drafting Malik Willis the previous year, it pretty much indicates you don't trust in that guy. And from everything that we've read, and maybe the Titans did a phenomenal job with the smoke screen here, but it seems like they were not really pleased with the offseason that Levis had so for him to come in I know it's a kind of a bum Falcons team but four touchdowns having a quarterback rating over like 130 like a phenomenal game for him getting the ball to your best player opens up the ground game for uh for Derrick Henry there and I'm gonna I'll announce it right here like I'm gonna have to start Will Levis this week because of the Russell Wilson on the bye and I made a trade in a league for Kyler Murray who's not gonna start yet most likely uh the time of this recording so I'm going to have to start Will Levis and, you know, the guy that puts the mayonnaise in his coffee, uh, I'm going to have to trust him here. Um, it's I don't I don't feel great about it, but I in, in a weird way, if you look that great versus an NFL team, I don't think it's uh, a major fluke because he was, you know, you said Mike White, but Mike White didn't necessarily have the pedigree that Will Levis did coming That's into true. the NFL. Uh, Levis was rumored to be a first round pick. He did play in the SEC. He had some good games. He, you know, he beat Anthony Richardson head to head in the Kentucky Florida game. Um, but it, it's, it is shaky versus the Steelers defense. You always think they're good, but this year kind of shaky plus big injury to make it Fitzpatrick. So not having him roam the secondary is huge. 
And I definitely think that this is going to be a ground game all the way. And if any, if any coach could really get the most of the players, it has been Mike Rabel for the last couple of years, he's been phenomenal. So um, I don't, if you and anyone else has to start Will Levis out there, um, I don't feel that bad about it. Steelers have allowed an average of 195 receiving yards per game to whiteouts this season. And it looked like Will Levis basically just had eyes for DeAndre Hopkins, which Mm -hmm. is just fine. So fire him up in your lineups this week. He's also gone over 100 receiving yards in two of his last three. And to round out this week's best of with a very funny clip, Ken Brown joins myself and Dave Damashek on minus three to play some of his mom's funniest voicemails. All right, listen. Here's what I really want to talk to you about. I want to hear more, not from Kent Brown, but from Kent Brown's mom in Wilmer Ding, PA. Eddie Spaghetti, let's play another voicemail here. Really, I want this to be an ongoing segment. We used to love to do this on the Damashek football program with you and Matt Money Smith and handsome Hank Hodgson. And we were all delighted by your mom's insights on sports, food, and film. Football, food, film. The three F's, the three keys to life, according to Kent Brown's mom, Eddie Spaghetti. Let's hear her thoughts on pierogies. Hey, the last time I bought pierogies, um, I got the Mrs. T's pierogies, garlic and Parmesan. Mm. Never had these, so I'm boiling, I'm boiling them now. Yeah, Parmesan cheese. And creamy whipped potatoes. I can't wait to try these. Mrs. T's garlic and Parmesan. I think they're new. (laughs) But I saw them and I grabbed them the last time. All right, I'll let you know if I liked them. (laughs) Bye-bye. Grabbed them. (laughs) That was fascinating. What about, did did we get the call back, the review? Oh, yeah. yeah. She she was a big fan. I mean, ultimately, our family... You, know, you come picked up that. the phone for that yeah. one. The hotline, you didn't let it go to voicemail. You had to hear like, so? Thumbs exactly. up or thumbs down, mom, right? I know. In a perfect world, I would never answer any of her calls and everything would be a voicemail relationship where like my mom leaves me a voicemail on top of a voicemail. But I feel like one out of four I need to answer. And that was one I definitely needed to answer. So yeah, she was a okay. big fan. I mean, Good. how could they? how could you go wrong with those? I th- what do they call that? Grassroots uh, marketing we just did for <laughs> Mrs. T's pierogies uh, per Kent Brown's mom. Maybe we could get her a sponsorship and then that would warrant you always 100% of the time letting it go to voicemail. Now, let's spread our wings a little bit with another one. Her thoughts on Bradley Cooper make a con- making a controversial choice to play Leonard Bernstein in an upcoming movie. Let's take a listen to that one. Hey, Entertainment Tonight just showed Bradley Cooper. He's going to be playing Leonard Bernstein, that composer. Remember, he did the West Side Story way back in the day. He has like a prosthetic nose and he has wigs on. And then it said he lived a double life. So he must have been gay and married. I don't know. I didn't know that part about him. All right. Call me later. Bye-bye. Are we sure with all respect to your mom? She understands that Bradley Cooper is wearing a prosthetic nose, but Leonard Bernstein's nose was authentic. I felt like she was a little, she's like, he wears a prosthetic prosthetic nose and is gay. But like, I think the composer was one of those things and, and, and Cooper was in the prosthetic nose. 
I think so. I mean, we might have to come uh, go back to that one. Yeah. Come, come like award season, we might have to bring her on to sort of make sure that she knows the lent, like the whole Bernstein story at that point. But for I now, love that. Yeah. Get her, get her Oscar pick. We did see Killers one. of the Flower Moon and she was a big fan. 